0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. They
1: didn't even go live. Hold on. I did it again. All right. Okay. It was so good the first time. Oh, there we go. I'm the man who has the ball. I'm the man who can throw it faster than. So that is why I am better than everyone in the world. You've reached the end of number 3. All right. Welcome into Tigers Radio Pod here at MotorCityBangles.com. I'm Raheel Yucassell. i is Chris Brown and Youper. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, R-Hart Media, and Stitchler. It's been an interesting last couple days, and I want to thank our friend over in Egypt who sent over an email uh, with some trivia questions. We'll get, do some trivia this evening. I'm actually... This is for Hooper, so I'm actually going to try to test this out on Youper. Youper's going to be like the uh, oh. trial run here. So... The pressure. um so we're going to do some trivia. There is a chance for you, anybody who's listening to the podcast for the first time, I have a, somewhere around here, I have a Bill Freehand bobblehead. And I'll be giving that to a lucky listener who, there was one couple of people who emailed me about that on srd at gmail.com. But the our gentleman in Egypt gave me some really good constructive feedback, which is all we ask. You know, if you want to leave us a review, we, we really appreciate that. Reviews, those things, they go a long way, and so one of the things, if you guys notice, I'm deliberately trying to slow down. I tend to talk fast sometimes when I'm nervous, just a little habit, but uh, nevertheless, that's why I got the mic in front of me, so maybe I could just be more conscious of it, but uh, yeah, so anyways, gentlemen, how's it going? Good. It's a beautiful day in the great state of Iowa. Youp, youp, uh, minor league baseball television star.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. <was> <laughs> <laughs> How, he asked me he goes is do you think Uber would be mad if uh if i post that i'm like i don't think so oh it's fine like, no I was, was just like, it, was it was funny cuz like, you are just not, like, you're in your habit you know like just like chilling and it was
2: it was right before green hit that home run and i was just i was i was <laughs> rewinding it to to get the recording i'm like wait a minute i know him <laughs> i was like all right i got i got to put that out there so that was fun you I, you got to see uh, a heck of a game that first game oh, uh, yeah. the second one was kind of kind of fun too in terms of comeback but uh, and green was good in that one too so yeah it was, it was a nice uh, chance for you to get out there i'm curious about your thoughts on these uh, mud hens players
0: well i'll tell you it was it was so interesting you know I, my, my wife and family we moved here uh, in 2007 and i've been going to a handful of uh iowa cubs games um all those years but you know you never really had a rooting interest because i didn't care about the iowa cubs and I was just there to, you know, let my kids eat some ice cream and uh, hug the mascot <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe see a couple of prospects um, that you'd heard of, uh, but really you just didn't care. Uh, so, you know, with their minor league reshuffle and sending Toledo here for the first time this year, it was kind of interesting to be in that park. And especially this year, since the Tigers have, you know, pretty much 70% of their top prospects are on that team. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of fun to have uh, – a real interest in the game and to really take note of what was going on and pay a lot closer attention so just that part for me was was in amazingly fun um uh, in terms of the prospects you know what's there to say I about tuesday night you, you see you go there to, to see torkelson and green and they both come up with a home run uh they both added a hit and a walk uh so that was really you know quite the game to see um torkelson's it, what i liked was the difference between the two homers uh, torkelson's was kind of a high majestic shot uh into into right center uh whereas greens was just a missile a laser and it was gone like before you you hardly had time to digest what was happening it was it was gone you know so <laughs> that was that was pretty fun um and then i was watching Kreidler quite a bit and i wanted to try to you know you only get to see two games and i'll actually be going saturday too um to see does he look like a shortstop i mean does he have that do you know that that fluid movement that you just see a, a natural shortstop have. And, you know, it's a two-game sample, but I thought he looked really good. He made some nice plays. He made one incredible play deep in the hole uh, with the Jeter jump throw that was right on the money. And uh, he made all, this, made all the normal plays too. So uh, fun. Tuesday night especially it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, there's a – there was a lot of, every time there was a Krydler highlight, though, there was somebody like, well, make we sure the Tigers still on a shortstop. But da da da, da, da and was always the same, <laughs> uh, almost predictable. But it was, it was going to see, like, for example, even St. Paul, the Saints, which are brand new, they were an independent league team for a while. And now they're yep. the Minnesota Twins Triple A team after uh, Ro- they were at Rochester for a little while. I think Rochester's yep. Washington now, I believe, I think. I think to somewhere. the Nationals, yeah. I think I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about that, but either way, to give you an opportunity to watch the Tigers and, and to have all that talent there in the back, in the background, and, yeah. and in your back in your own backyard where you're not blacked out for once. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was a
0: home run for me. I mean, just the fact that you know, Torkelson and Green are on that team right now, and then but then the second tier of guys, Paredes and Kreidler and Cameron and uh, you know, Clemens. Uh, really you, you don't get to see a triple-A roster like that too often. Usually there's a lot of filler guys who have been in the major leagues and are hanging on for dear life, you know. Uh, Wednesday's game started out slow. I mean, the, the Cubs had a guy named Ryan Kellogg pitching. He had like 15 strikeouts and 32 innings coming into the game. Uh, He, you know, had all the looks of someone they should mash around. And uh, he, he – he followed them for several innings. <laughs> uh, he struck out Torkelson a couple times. He struck out green, made green look really bad. Um, then, uh, you know, the Mudhens broke out in the eighth against a relief pitcher and uh, won the game. Uh, green had a sizzling line drive in that rally as well. Torkelson had his only good thing was that he walked on the day. Otherwise he had three Ks. Um, green also hit a, a a fly ball off the center field wall that would have been gone any day of the year but that one because the wind was blowing in uh that was actually a pretty impressive swing so uh wednesday's game probably wasn't quite as fun but it was still very fun i mean it was a good time uh it's, it's just been um good to know that if all goes well We'll never see Torcels in green here again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if all goes well, or it depends on your your take on that too. But you kind of wonder what would Toledo be if they had starting pitching, because right now they're they're trailing four nothing here in the uh, top, heading into the top of the fourth right now. But uh, yeah. they they have so much. This is the most offensive stack Toledo team I've seen in in quite some time that I can remember. Yeah, even. you know, there's no weak spots. Even Paredes yesterday, he started out three for three. Three three
0: bullets. I mean, mm-hmm. on uh, Tuesday night, he looked. He he was uh, taking a lot of pitches. He was mad at the umpire because the umpire was giving uh, the, the uh, Iowa Cubs guy the outside corner and maybe a little off the corner. And pretty much all the Mud Hens right-hand batters were looking at that ump <laughs> with daggers. Um, and Paredes was at the top of the list, and he had a couple K's, and they were mostly K's looking, and he wasn't pleased. He came out on Wednesday swinging the bat and put some real
1: good swings on a couple balls. Speaking of uh, swinging the bat really well, Ray Rivera just went deep again for the White Caps, nice. and so he was named high... Pardon me? Number 18 on the year. Number 18 on the year. He was named the high A central player of the week last week. The week he's had, he's put together a pretty good stretch here again. Based off some of the, like We examined some of the swing mechanics earlier. You can find our YouTube channel and they seem to be taking effect, so... But... uh. Uh, in terms of week this week, the Tigers lost two out of three against Pittsburgh. Miguel Cabrera had four hits yesterday, which really helped them save one in against the, uh, a Pirates team that really offensively has some uh, offensive struggles. But again, the Tigers are. It's almost kind of again with the way it's kind of going into September. Matt Manning took a pitch to the knee at 100 and something miles an hour, and they just come in kind of battered a little bit. But again, they were. The Tigers have been resilient throughout the series, throughout the year, but it's coming down to the stretch here. They have the Rays coming into town this weekend. A very good Devil race. I almost said it's a double race, but it's almost a force of habit. I can't, I can't help but I call him the Devil race. but Miguel Cabrera went for, had a classic Miguel Cabrera-like game, four hits yesterday, which we'll get to. And then the Hall of Fame, well, you know, I know Chris and I have always kind of make a big deal about the We, we sort of not make a big deal about the Hall of Fame. We, we go, ah, hmm. Huh? And then we always saw, and then we ended up talking about it for twenty minutes. But <laughs> um, in this case, it's, it depends on your opinion of these players. We'll get to that a little bit as well in just a few minutes because you had Derek Jeter, also Ted Simmons, who was from this area. We actually went to Southfield uh, High School, I think Southfield Lathrop, I believe, and Larry Walker, one of my favorite Expos of all time, one of my favorite, just the, all around, just sponge yeah, SpongeBob pin and. All the fans went nuts, so it's quite an impressive Hall of Fame class. And, of course, the late, great Marvin Miller, who pretty much stopped indentured servitude for the players. <laughs> so, I mean, it's in in all fairness, at some point, you wish that hopefully someday soon that Kurt Flood, who sacrificed his career, gets the kind of same kind of plaque in Cooperstown because he definitely deserves it.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen it. There, uh, Bob Castas has a show on HBO again for the first time in I don't know how many years. Is uh, it, it tonight again? I think so. I think it's Costas tonight <laughs> some more. Um, but he's got, you know, he does his thing. He's got, he's had, uh, you know, he's got Bob Money Jones on there, and he, he has some interesting topics. But he had his editorial, and he was talking about Marvin Miller going into the Hall of Fame, and he said, and you know, Costas is basically a baseball historian. You know, uh, it, he said baseball has there's a way to put somebody in there immediately, like it's a special thing that they did. I'm trying to remember who they did it. They might have done it with Buck O'Neill.
1: Yeah, I believe they did it with uh, Roberto Clemente as well. Um, yeah, it's it's not necessarily putting him
2: in the Hall of Fame, but it's, it's some other designation that's even more rare. It, it, it's Actually, I think it's called the Buck O'Neill Award, now, now that I think about it. Uh, but he was basically saying, now was the perfect time to do it for, for uh, Kurt Flood, because you were putting Marvin Miller in there, and those two of them are inextricably uh, linked. <laughs> and it's kind of odd, because, you know... It, we look back at Kurt flood as the the groundbreaker, but he lost his Supreme court case and, and, and he wasn't the one to, you know, break into free agency or whatever. It was a couple of other guys, but um, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting take and it was one, I don't know if it's out there on online, but people should seek it out because I agree with it. It's like, you know, this is, if you're trying to remember baseball history, that's one of the biggest things of all time. So he, he should be memorialized in that way. Somehow.
0: I was, it was, it was fun to see actually there were some players wearing uh, flood t-shirts this week. Good, flood the hall or whatever it said
2: on it, yeah. Well, last thing Roger wants to hear is about flooding, but
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> from, the, from the city standpoint, yeah. But there's the HBO documentary on Kurt Flood was one of the best uh pieces of foot baseball pieces of history I've ever seen because it just showed a lot about what he i mean, he had to go to France, to just kind of hide out a little bit, and where he was socially accepted as a black man and just. He, he didn't want to go to Philadelphia because at the time, Philadelphia had this racist sort of attitude with it. And so it was just, it kind of was the beginning of the end of what the, for the owners in terms of just free ride of having players at what they want. And mm-hmm. so he, I really think that again, also he's remembered in a different way for that play, the misplay in game. I suppose it's game six of the world. Se- no game seven of the world. Seven.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Game seven. And Jim Northrop. Jim Northrop, yep, yeah, the Jim uh, Flyball, the center that Flood misjudged. He ain't got a lot of crap for that. And I don't, I, don't I, think, I, think, I didn't think that was fair because Flood was a really good defensive center fielder. And between him and Lou Brock, and that outfield alone for the Cardinals is one of the all time best stacked yeah. outfielders out there. Outfields, excuse me. You know, the sad part about that play is the
0: TV coverage in those days was still in black and white and it was brutal. And they had color television, now, which I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, you know, Was that the last so, World Series That was the last
1: World Series that was in black and white though right
0: I, I believe it was yeah It was yeah. insane that they hadn't converted yet And that they didn't have more cameras uh, I mean it's the World Series and it was the biggest thing in the world At that time right? Uh, so I think he gets a bad rep about catching that ball You know I think maybe Obviously he he misjudged it that's fine right? But people talk like he would have Had it in his hip pocket if he'd taken the right route I don't think that's the case I think he just would have yeah, had a chance To catch it You know, I don't think it's a done deal that he catches
2: that ball. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. Didn't he just take basically take a false step and then slip was trying to to get back? Wasn't that the issue? Because I remember Curtis Granderson did the same thing in the 2006 World Series. And people were like, oh, it's a it's karma from the universe. And it was
1: like, (laughs) no, it's been raining for four days. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's one of those things where, for Kurt Kurt Flood, in terms of even that Game 7 moment, too, he had a pretty good series otherwise. I mean, he kept burning the Tigers the entire time, from my understanding of it. Northrop, I think, I always feel Northrop gets a little robbed by
0: that. They say Flood blew it. Yeah. Northrop stung it pretty good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, let's see. So, yeah, that was... Ted Ted Simmons, by the way, was selected via the Modern Baseball Committee, which is... The same committee that Lou Whitaker will hopefully be nominated on, I believe next year. I think next year he gets on the crack at it. So hopefully they will correct their ways with that, as he is a seventy five point one WAR, which is I think the highest among second basemen not elected to the Hall of Fame.
2: It uh, it may be the highest among non steroid people in the <laughs> Hall of Fame, uh, uh, unless uh, maybe Bill Dolan or somebody like that is ahead of him. Some rando. Uh yeah, it's it's I know it's a weird thing where I think war has, has helped his case later. So yeah, it looks like Lolich hit a home run in game two. That was uh yeah. um yeah, I don't know. I I uh Ted Simmons, handsome gentleman by the way. I was uh he reminded me was looking a little bit like uh like uh Roadhouse era uh Sam Elliott out there. <laughs> Pay don't hurt, and, and he yeah he had some really nice words to say about Al Kaline, didn't he? Yes, he did. He said Al Kaline was a heavy influence on him. So yeah, it was kind of a Michigan themed uh, uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. You got Jeter, you got Simmons, you got Larry Walker from uh, Canada, which is of course the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> yes.
1: And yeah, uh, for, <laughs> yeah for Rocky, I and mean, he went in as a did Walker. Go into a Rocky or uh, Expo? That's I can't remember right now. I think it was a Rocky. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Which I think he's I think he's the first Rocky to be in the hall in the hall of fame, I believe. Uh that
2: would make sense. I can't yeah. think of anybody else who would. Elton's not
1: in, right? No. Nope. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. So yeah. Larry Walker is in. So <laughs> he might be the last one for a while too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is going. It so, looked like Tulo was gonna get there, but So anybody who's listening online, by the way, I wanted to thank our friend Daniel. Daniel is the gentleman from Egypt, the trivia questions. But I'm going to ask I'm going to go ahead and ask you a series of questions. And if this is the reason why I'm doing this is so anybody who's listening in the audience right now, if you want to participate in trivia, baseball trivia, Tigers trivia. Leave a comment. Let us know next show and we'll pick (coughs) you and then you get a chance to win a cool prize. So, you, are you ready for your question? We'll shoot let's go all right because I'm, I'm i'm this I'm, I'm doing this because i wanted to catch you totally 100 on him. so yeah our friend daniel out of egypt he tuned into our podcast and where chris i found out how he already listened to us already so the pharaoh uh, the pharaoh we're gonna call it daniel the pharaoh <laughs> here we go <laughs> jack morris led the tigers and win every season between 1979 and 1988 Ooh. which pitcher led the team and wins in 1978 before Morris' streak started, and which Tiger pitcher finally beat out Morris for team wins in 1989, ended Morris's 10 year run as a team leader in wins. 1978
0: would be. Trying to think what year Jim Slayton pitched for the Tigers. I think that might have been 79. So, with that being the case, obviously wasn't. I actually
1: was it Jim Slate. Five seconds. Jim Slate. Correct on Nineteen seventy-eight. Jim Slate. Nice, nice job there, Youper. Oh, nice. All right. So, but what about nineteen eighty-nine? Who broke his streak? Nineteen eighty-nine. Oh, this one should be easier. Really? The first uh. one I didn't get. I admitted When I first looked at that question, and no idea. The second one i got
0: 89 they were terrible yep so it's probably someone with like eight wins eric king
1: mike henneman 11 wins oh.
0: Oh.
1: i thought you'd get that one You wow. i really thought you would get that one ah. all right so i'll give you one more trivia question and then we'll move on to our uh or chris you know what i you know what no i gave you those questions right you didn't look at him did you email? i no, i didn't
2: look at him no i okay. have no okay. i i was on those ones i was going to guess uh dave Rosma and uh frank tanana so i don't <laughs> think i would have
0: no rosema is a good guess so I'd be... yeah
2: all right so thought he had a good rookie year but i don't remember what year it was
1: i'll ask you guys both this question and uh you guys give me your answers here respectively this should be okay i'm gonna give you an easy one which <laughs> tiger pitcher started the season with 13 straight wins which tiger pitcher started the season with thirteen straight wins?
2: Started the season.
0: Thirteen straight wins. I, right. I'm going to go with you know.
1: You guys want choices or no?
0: I'm going to go with Hal Newhouser.
1: Chris, that,
2: that's who I was thinking too. But uh, for fun, we'll say Mark Fedrich. <laughs>
1: You guys are wrong. I can't believe you guys got this wrong. Max Scherzer, 2013.
2: Oh, oh geez. I don't remember that. I remember you, Ubaldo Jimenez going like 15-0 for some reason, but I don't, <laughs> don't remember Scherzer doing that at all. All right.
1: Here's another question. Well, you're,
0: you're you're naturally inclined to go back a bit, I think.
1: That's my excuse. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's that's fair. I, I No, that, you know what? You put it 100% fair. Okay? I'll give you this one.
2: What's that? For whatever reason, the the Max Scherzer era as a Tigers pitcher feels kind of like a fever dream to me. Like I was everybody, <laughs> he was always like, even when he won the Cy Young, it was like, yeah, oh, this is Verlander staff, and and you know, I I don't know why I just never paid attention to all his accomplishments on the Tigers. It was fun watching him, but yeah, I've just forgotten.
1: I miss Max so much. I do you yeah. too. Mm, love
0: that guy. All game. right,
1: so here we go. Who was the first Tiger pitcher to throw 300 strikeouts in a season? Max Scherzer. Justin Verlander, Danny McLean, or Mickey Lolich?
2: My initial thought was Lolich.
1: Uh,
0: I'll go with McLean in the thirty-one win year.
1: Chris, you're correct. Mickey Lolich, 1972. Is he the only one? He was the first one. Yeah, but I hope. Anybody... 1971. Sorry, 1971.
2: Has anyone other than Lolich done that? I don't think anybody else is. I don't think so. No, I don't no. believe
1: so. Wow, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty rare company there. Okay, one more, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. All right, this is fun actually because I, for once, I'm not the <laughs> one. I'm actually answering or, seeing the questions. Okay, so, okay. okay, here we go. Who was the first Tiger to hit 50 home runs in a season? Miguel Cabrera, Cecil Fielder, Rocky. Calavito or Hank Greenberg? It's got to be Hank, right? 58. Yeah, I, yeah, he's 58. Yep, that's right. 1938. Yeah. That was okay. That was yeah, you know what? That was too easy. That was way too easy. I guess not, I'm sure yeah. I'm oh, okay. Here's another one. This one's this one. You All guys, right. don't, you guys will not get this one, but I mean, it's just fun because I also wanted to Bill James being a snob here, but here you go. <laughs> which team, which Tigers team? The baseball historian Bill James rank as the greatest outfield in the history of baseball. The history of baseball. The 1935 Tigers, the 1968 Tigers, the 1915 Tigers, or the 1984 Tigers.
2: I, I have to go fifteen. I mean, if Cobb's out there. Yeah.
1: If you name the other two outfielders, Chris, I will I'll buy you nachos tomorrow when we go to the game.
2: Well, I mean, he's, uh, you've you've got uh, Sox Puffenmeyer and uh, <laughs> Sox Puffenmeyer. <laughs> I don't know was was that was that Heilman
1: and Crawford? I don't know who else was out there. I don't oh, remember. well, you got one of them, yeah. Crawford, oh. Crawford. Okay, Ben Crawford. Yeah, yeah, but th- this one, I this one I would never gotten either. The third one for sure, Bobby Beach. Uh, Beach, oh. yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Yeah, they finished one, two, and three. In RBIs and total bases that season. Again, this is the dead ball era. So, you know, like, for example, a few years back, Ty Cobb led the league in home runs and none of them were hit over the wall with nine. And that's when they had the balls and they never changed them out. And they just the balls were just looking disgusting after a while. So, okay, no more trivia for that. But thanks for participating. And as far as getting a chance to win the Bill Freehand bobblehead, all you have to do is just leave us a review. If you're listening to the podcast now, just leave us a nice review, good or bad. Actually, you know what? You're not supposed to do that, I guess, apparently. But if you just leave us a comment, leave us a review, and I'll pick somebody at random. And I also have those some people in my email about that, too. So, And next time, if you want to participate in trivia, just let us know at srd at gmail.com. So without further ado, it's uh, it's okay. kind of a, I, I don't know, I just wanted to try out trivia. It's been a while. I used to play every week. And since COVID happened, I don't get to play it very often anymore. So it's kind of, I miss doing trivia. It's It's cool. You guys were uh, good sports about it, so thanks.
0: No, that was fun. It's time for LaHellie and Chris to go Inside the Numbers. Yes.
1: All right, it's time for Inside the Numbers. Youper, what is your number this week?
0: My number is 42, and it has nothing to do with Jackie Robinson, although we love Jackie Robinson. 42 is the combined deficit between first and second place in the six divisions. So, right now, the average division lead is seven games, uh, which means there are precious few divisional races. Um, And to me, if you're someone who lived through the Tigers fighting with Blue Jays in 87, or the Yankees and Red Sox in 78, uh, or the Braves and Giants in uh, 93, any of those years, you know what that day to day September fight for the playoffs feels like. Um, you know, every day it's changing. There's another game and there's that anticipation. And all of that is gone. I mean, it's almost all gone. Uh, I, you know, when's the last time you think, oh man, a division race, that thing's tight? It's good. I mean, we had that one year there with the J or the uh, Rays uh, on the last night. Mm-hmm. There was all kinds of fireworks. Uh, was that 2012, 13, whatever that was? Uh, whatever it was, that was great. But that's rare now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be divisional races that went down to the wire all the time. And baseball has given that away. Um, they've given up September chasing October money. You know what I mean? They've, they've expanded the playoffs with the wild cards and everything else, watered that down. That kind of ruined September in some ways. To try to get a better October, and you know, have they gotten a better October? I mean, we probably could debate. That's another debate, I guess. Um, but they've given away September, in my opinion, and it's kind of sad. Uh, and uh, I don't know if it's ever going to change. I probably ain't going back. So we'll always have we'll always have the eighty-seven Tigers in that pennant race. So,
1: well, I mean, if you look at right now, the, the NLS is the Dodgers are two and a half back from San Francisco. And that kind of, yeah. in, for rivalry purposes, that rivalry is intense to the point good. where people have died of it, literally. Um, and there was a situation where I believe it was a reporter last week, Susan Slosser. Susan who was had to get escorted to her car by Dodger fans because was Giant fans were harassing her. Chris, apparently, a very large Giant fan, and she's a writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, I believe. Or yeah, I, was, believe but... I believe she's. I believe I thought she was covering the ace, but oh, either way, yeah. I've I've heard, and this is I thought I saw and. MLB poll about players. Poll they say the worst fans are Sanf- Giants fans. Wow. I mean, I it's, it blows my mind a little bit because you think of like San Francisco had, you know, like the, the Grateful Dead are from and had de- deadheads and all that stuff. But then you also think about their homeless problem. There's literally human feces on the streets and <laughs> all that jazz. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think about San Francisco anymore. But uh, <laughs> either way, that's a good one. And the NL East, I don't know, gentlemen, the NL East, you per that. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like everybody's just like, ah, uh, the Braves. They're going to see who can out mediocre the other. Yeah. 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 Right now, the Mets no. are four and a half back. They're, excuse me, they're four back and they're at 70 and 70. Philadelphia is at 71 and 68 with two and a half back of Atlanta. Atlanta's lost. They're four out of, the, they're four and six in the last 10. Philly's coming out a little bit, but I mean, the run differential for Philly is kind of, Philly gets in the postseason. It's just going to be a quick, You're out. I mean, that's a division title that won't mean much, but the Braves right now hanging on to that, and they really didn't have to do much. And then the next closest team is Miami, and they're 15 and a half back, and they're at 81 losses. So, yeah. You're kidding.
0: Another home run tonight for the the, uh, Phillies.
1: That's his 30th, Uh, correct?
0: Yeah, but it was a solo shot, and people get mad at him for hitting solo homers because (laughs) – it's his fault his guys didn't get on base in front of him, I guess. But oh, I, I've never understood he gets the grief over solo homers.
1: I don't get that either. And he's he's having a really good season <laughs> in terms of offensive, yeah. offensive numbers. All right, Chris, what's your inside number? Uh, my inside number is 11, which uh,
2: is the number of home runs down in the Florida Complex League this year for Manuel Sequeira. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm not sure if we've talked about him on this
1: podcast before. I, I We know. talked about him on the minor league report. Yeah, before. we talked about
2: him on the minor league report, and we've tweeted about him a little bit from the minor league account. <laughs> uh, but for those who don't know, he's he's soon to be 19. He's an 18-year-old shortstop uh, who signed in the 2019 international class. The Tigers signed. Uh, and it was kind of overshadowed because everybody was trying to figure out who Roberto Campos was. He was the big money guy in that class. And Sequero's from Venezuela, and they never report how much money the Venezuelans get because – Venezuela's—I uh, don't know—they don't want people knowing how much money they have. Yeah. <laughs> um. Weird. There's just a lot of political implications. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's kind of dangerous when you go back home. But yeah. uh, in any event, uh, so so those eleven home runs, three of which came in one game last week, uh, are now tied for the third highest single season total ever in the Florida Complex League slash Gulf Coast League. At least going back to 2006. I didn't check before then. 2006 is when Fangraph starts their, uh, the, you know, their database, and it's easy to check. Um, the second most ever is 12, and the most ever is 14. Oh. So he is he's not that far away. Uh, I mean, the season ends pretty soon. Uh, and I think it's its fun to celebrate something like that, but we do need to you keep the context. <laughs> so he's hes batting just 245, and his strikeout rate is over 30%, which is not what you want down in rookie ball. And uh, I looked at the six other players to hit at least 11 home runs in the league, and they are Eric Arcee, who never made it out of rookie ball, Wander Ramos, who made it to low A, Chris Carlson, who was a Tigers uh, minor leaguer, who made it to high A. Abner Abreu, who topped out at high A. Mm-hmm. Another Tigers prospect, Ignacio Valdez, who topped out in high A. And Mason Martin, who is actually in double A right now, and, and he's a decent prospect for the Pirates. So hitting for a ton of power down there doesn't necessarily guarantee you any success. It mm-hmm. is just uh, kind of you know, unusual. One thing I will say, those other six guys were all first baseman or outfielders and sequera is uh, at least technically right now a middle infielder i have never seen him i don't know what his body's like uh i suspect he's probably a shortstop or a third baseman probably more like a third baseman uh, and i also checked the arizona complex league that's basically you know the equivalent over there in the cactus league and they've only had seven players hit 11 plus home runs since wow. 2006 uh, led by joey gallo with 18 uh, which doesn't surprise me. So, no. yeah, I mean, you know, this is, like I said, it, it doesn't necessarily guarantee any success, but this is something that only a little more than a dozen people have done in the last 15 years, so I thought it was worth noting.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, it's oh. one of those things where for a Tigers it, pitchers and what have you, there's not a lot to report home about in the complex bit about the pitchers. I've seen some of the ERAs, and hmm. it's 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 kind of a really kind of Grim right now at the moment, but nevertheless, I mean, outside of him, and then you have Austin Murray who got his uh, 16 game hitting streak for the Whitecaps now, who just continues to rake. It's a good story yeah. on the lower levels because I mean, e- e- right now, Erie's kind of winding out. Erie, West Michigan, all end in Lakeland, all end next week with Toledo going till the end of September when they end up the, the end the season against Saint Paul. So, the type, they are in town next week against Columbus. So we're going to go into the game. Hopefully next week. So, my inside numbers are five twenty six, three, five sixty five, and seven eighty nine, and zero. And those are the numbers for Miguel Cabrera slash line. And he has not struck out in the month of September so far, not once. No, oh. I mean for for him, he's got a WRC plus right now of two fifty nine, <laughs> and he's batting yeah he's been over five hundred, and he has not he's drawn three walks, but he's not struck out yet in September. That's the kind of Miguel Cabrera had a three hit game against Pittsburgh. had a four hit game back to back. Again, it's Pittsburgh. I understand the the level, the the component or level of opponent, but still, second half of the season, he's been just been hitting. He might fall a little short for three thousand, but it's good to see. You got the double. Almost said it again. The Ray is coming into town this weekend, and they have one of the best pitching staffs in the league. And if he does it against them. Who knows what's, if anything's possible? But those are the numbers so far for Miguel Cabrera in the month of September. And he's carried the, t- the Tigers in a way. And, and we'll get down that a little bit more with. Uh, there's an article I'm dropping tomorrow on tomorrow and Candelario finally that I've been. This week's one of those weeks where I'm writing a little bit and then I'm just work, writing, work, yeah. right, running back and forth. And so I've been slacking on my writing a little bit, a little bit, admittedly, but I've been a little busy. But anyway. <laughs>
2: It's fine. You, you've carried the load for a long time here. I I, I finally uh, picked chipped in with a couple articles and <laughs> it was an interesting interesting day after posting my article about <laughs> First about... and
1: foremost, I want to apologize for my behavior on no, no, Twitter. No. Um I don't let the, my temper get the best of me, but when you, when somebody calls you lazy, I just get pissed because that's just a that's the lazy take.
0: Listen. Yeah, where does that I, come from? I appreciate
1: that.
2: Well, I think he was just saying it was uh, like I appreciate you doing that. I uh, and like I said, I I uh I stuck up for you in a way that was much more out of bounds last week. I I told, uh, I get told somebody to F off basically. uh, And I apologize for that too. You know, I I don't get upset when people criticize me, but I get upset when they criticize you guys or other people. (laughs) And it's just one of those things. It's like, uh, it's like, Hey, you, you complain about me, but not my teammates.
1: Um, Well, I'm the the same way. I don't like when people rag and go back after, you know, Or the bloggers or the writers have nothing to do. So I have to come up with, yeah. You know what? I have to write 20 articles a month. You try to do that. Okay. You, you <laughs> well, try, let me go to your job, whatever job it is and crit- criticize you. It's as simple <laughs> as that. But listen, I like criticism. I don't mind it. It makes me a better person. I really don't. I, if you're, if you're cool yeah. about it, we can have a, we can have a discussion. I had, yep. I was actually talking to somebody based off the conversation we had yesterday and he was saying why he saw it that way. And then when he read it again, he goes, you know what? I'm sorry about that. And I apologize to him too.
2: no, and it's one of it's the one thing that I, I, I don't get is when people are like, ah, you just that headlines just get people to click on it. And it's like, well, yeah, kind of. We want people to read what we write. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I don't think that's it was point. I don't think I was trying to be misleading with the headline. I, I think one of the problems and I understand why people think it's uh what I wrote. And if you didn't read it, it's fine. I don't care. Uh it's called um uh, Lower Your Expectations for Spencer Torkelson. Uh and and that sounds like clickbait. Because everybody else in the world, since Torkelson was drafted, has talked about how he's, you know, a 60 hitter with 70 power or better, you know, future MVP caliber player. And we see it all the time, Raj, when we post the videos. We post videos right. as we doing it. And every response is, he's ready. Call him up. Call him up. Uh, call him up. Call, call him up. Tigers going to be so good. And so that's colored my judgment, for sure. And, uh, and, and
0: I basically made him out to be
2: Chris Shelton. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I tried i i did my best casey and- redux so i mean that's the thing that like when so i hesitated i've been we've been talking about we've touched on it on the show before and i've i've mentioned like hey i i think you know i'm not sure he's the hitter that people uh think he is and it's right. something i've thought privately we've discussed for months and months but i never came out with it because everybody else in the world disagrees and it and it feels like you know the I must be wrong here because everybody else sees something. And so I eventually just was like, you know what? I'm going to put it out there because I would hate to have thought this all along and then later on regret not putting it out there. I'd much rather put it out there and be completely wrong. Yeah. Um, and, well, and I'm totally it, it, cool it, was the
0: right, it was the right thing to do, Chris. You, you researched it, you had a case to make. Uh, nothing you said was out of bounds. Right. Uh, yeah. And you're right. It, it's okay to be a contrarian if you have logic behind it. You're not just being a contrarian to be a contrarian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was a great piece. Deals. Um, Now Thank we you. just need to figure out if you hate Matt Manning or
2: Spencer <laughs> Torkelson. Well, that's, well, that's a, yeah. So I've been very critical of Matt Manning. I admit to that. And, and you know, one of the things Torkelson, he's one for three tonight with two strikeouts, but in his first at bat, he had a hard double the opposite way. Now half of his hits have gone the opposite way. So one of my criticisms may be going away which uh I, I would be totally cool with. I uh, believe me I want Torkelson to be like I, I look forward to writing articles about Torkelson getting better and better for the next three or four years. I just you know sometimes you have opinions and you got to get them off your chest but uh yeah, no I I, I mean I, I, I don't know do, do, is any benefit to me writing a story that says,
1: hey Spencer Torkelson's great <laughs> like if, yeah, especially if I it, don't it, believe it no and that's a and that's the thing we've wa- we've gone to almost 30 or close to 30 minor league games a season It's not like you're you drawn it from an empty pool and i gotta give credit to the first person that said anything i get you know that somebody was contra- contradicting the normal opinion now was james Shipman i mean G- james shittman yep. came flat out was like look i don't see what the big hype is and I'm not, I'm not gonna try to quote him directly but after i like after we went to that first series it was like okay i can see what he's talking about but then fans are just people don't want to hear negativity I, tiger fans do not want to hear negativity I get it i understand that you want to hear all positive things, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if there's a case to be made and you, you saw him firsthand too now. So it's like all three of us have seen him firsthand. It's different to watching the highlight films that we post on Twitter because every, you can put Ray Rivera hit five home runs in one game. It doesn't matter. Spencer Herkelson could hit a single and fans will just go nuts and that's fine and that's mm-hmm. fine. But yeah. if there's something to be case, if, I want him to prove Chris wrong. We all want to prove him wrong. We don't want him. We were not saying he's a bum. And that's some of the, some of the comments were just lazy and just like, I just read the headline and did nothing else. And I'm proving it right now. And that's it. (laughs) It was
0: really interesting to read the piece and then uh, compare that to what I saw uh, the last two days. It was interesting. He never pulled a ball in those two games. He didn't even pull a foul ball. You know, (laughs) okay. Mm -hmm. Everything he hit, the home run was to right center uh the the sharp single was was to right field uh, all his foul balls were 50 or 60 feet into the stands uh down the right field line I and mean, that was all he hit and you know on tuesday or excuse me wednesday when he struck out a couple times the cubs pitcher got ahead of him in every at-bat and uh then he struck out on you know a couple of high 80s fastballs uh up in the zone mm-hmm. you know he, he didn't catch him you know so that was so you can kind of see what some of the points you're trying to make just based on those 10 at-bats that I saw. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and one thing I didn't do, I you know, it's hard. They used to have spray charts and stuff for minor leaguers. Uh, Pipeline used to do it. They haven't done it since 2019. I don't know if they forgot that they were doing them after the pandemic year. <laughs> but you used to be able to look and see the spray charts. So I had to go through the box scores, every one, and look at where the balls were hit. So I had to do that manually. One thing I didn't do is – you know, I split it and I also split his, when I was making the argument that he's kind of streaky, I split, uh, his season into uh, like four or five different parts. What I didn't do was look at the batted ball direction during those streaks. And it may be that when Spencer Torkelson is at his best, he's going to the opposite field. And when he's struggling, he's pulling the ball. I, I I didn't check that. So that's something else I could look into later, but I don't know. Like we don't need to talk about that too much. I wrote an article, whatever people, uh, had some fun with it, but, uh, I don't know. I thought, uh, I thought it was worthy of discussion. And, and like, as we said, hopefully he proves me wrong consistently. And uh, it's uh, something I take with me to the grave. <laughs> yeah, Here <laughs> Chris, lies Chris Brown, he was wrong about torque.
0: Hey, let me tell you, this goes way back. The one thing I regret not writing, mm-hmm. and you, know, you can take it for what it's worth. When Miguel Cabrera signed the extension, I wanted to write a piece saying I don't like it. Everybody yeah. was praising it. Everybody was happy. I thought it was going to end terribly, and I didn't have the guts to write it because I knew what the backlash would be, and I still think about that all the time. So I yeah. think kudos to you for writing it because it was on your mind. You had a good case Thank to you. make, and you made it.
2: I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: and, uh, and like I said, I wrote a trade piece about him when I first started, like trade Miguel Cabrera, and I got a lot of oh, crap Oh, yeah, that's right. That. Yeah. I got a lot of crap for that because of his dead contract, and this is when the... When the NL was talking about having a DH, and I thought that, that he would be a good spot for a DH and NL, and I got a lot of crap for that, but it was at the same time it's what the Tigers were doing at the time. They were just getting, you know, if, you know, and we're actually, this is, hey, you know, we're Vango, one of our favorite guys online. <laughs> if you never write a controversial article, you're not a reporter. You're a fan. Amen, dude. Amen. Thank uh, you. Yeah. He's <laughs> right, absolutely right. You know, you're,
0: you're, you're almost always regret the ones you don't write more than the ones you
2: do write. Kind of I mean, in the middle there, you know. I, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a reporter either. But
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, but, no, but you I mean, you know, to be yeah. fair what we do I, again, it's just like a I hate to say this, but or, you know, no, I'm not no I'm not hating to say this at all. And I'll say it to anybody out there just because we have the word blog does not mean we're on some uneducated fan idiots, okay? And I'm that's I will I don't care how Sore defensive, I get about it. I will get defensive about it. There is there is a there is a series of people like Uber's piece on over the winter on the front office, and there's other things people don't want to hear because like, you're an angry fan. <laughs> and but if you put facts in there, they still don't want to hear. They did. It's it's the way it is, and because you don't have a blue check mark, because whatever reasons, and you can't get in there. I mean, if, if we're given an access, if it's the difference between getting access and not getting access. That's what makes us different. That's it. I'm sorry. You, you have a journalism degree. I have a degree and you, you've you been watching the game for a long time. There's nothing, again, just because there's certain title, like a title, you know, anyway.
2: Well, one thing, and I know we're in the middle of our segments, but one thing uh, while we're talking about articles, you brought an article, too, about the catching situation. Now, we didn't touch about it. that Jake Rogers had Tommy John surgery. So he's gone for, yeah, obviously the rest of this year and probably at least until next uh probably all of next year too i mean if you're talking about arms the catcher is the number two position
1: you have to worry about it so
0: yeah i'd say he's out for 12 months anyway
1: yeah yeah and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to you know if you go ch- check out motor city Bengals, check out the uh, alternatives out there there's not much the free agency is kind of grim this year when it comes to catching so
0: yeah, it's gonna be a stopgap kind of a thing you know i was uh i think if they could get their hands on tommy barnhart or not tommy um uh, tucker tucker barnhart thank you uh, he's a nice offensive player. He could be a nice you know matchup with Haas. Uh, but other than that, you're looking at a lot of the old standbys. I mean, the young Gomes types.
1: So you guys were talking about arms. Let's talk about your nether regions here for the new Manscaped 4.0 <laughs> re real quick here, and I'll you know I'll, t- I'll take care of it, Chris. Sure. Looking if you're looking for an out of the world experience, look for further than the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower, 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker for your ear, nose, hair trimmer, crop reverser, ball deodorant, crop reliever tone, performance beats, box wreaths, which are actually pretty comfortable. I will say that as a Manscaped 4.0 owner and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system or just your stuff. I, I you know, it's so, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to say God. solar system, but uh really it's one, it's the 4.0 trimmer. It's got a light on it. It's got a good motor. It works when it's wet, so if you're shaving your stuff while you're in the shower, that, that works. And the weed whacker water, has waterproof. It uses a nine thousand RPM motor powered three hundred and sixty rotary dual blade system. So if you have that crazy ass nose hair, that <laughs> will work. I'll tell you that right now because literally, I'll, I'll trim it one day, and the next day it's there. So, um, and of course, you want to put some, you know, for your, for your special person in your life. The Crop Preserver Ball Doer and the Crop Reviver help your little plants be on their aid game. Wow. Well, so, yeah, that's exactly what the copy says. So, no, that's to, the thing. Uh, yeah.
2: well, go, ahead. go ahead. All right. Yeah, you so, finish, finish. Get, get, get to the, the promotional code, then we'll talk about it.
1: All right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Fan side of 20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you.
2: Yeah. All right. So so that's the thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I'd not to criticize. We we pref- uh, you know, we appreciate our advertisers and so forth. The uh the copy is it's space themed. Right? Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, it's it, the whole thing they want to like a space theme, but I don't think they once talk about shaving uranus, which feels <laughs> like like isn't that wouldn't that be very clear to put that in there? Like but, Some
0: kind of cream for it, yeah. Yeah, like
2: you know, you know. But whatever. I once got suspended. Give them his <laughs> yeah. Give the anus its due. All right. I got suspended in tenth grade for asking the science teacher if there are rings around your anus. <laughs>
1: suspended.
0: I had a friend who said your anus got a big. Out- told him your anus has a big orbit.
1: Oh, God. all right. Let's move on. Yeah, so anyway. Good. Oh, that's good. The bad. Oh, that's bad. And the ugly. All right. It is time to, for the good, the bad and the ugly. Chris, what is your good bad and ugly? All right. So my good is kinda of a little bit off the
2: board here, but I'm going go with Jonathan VR, who uh he's on the Mets now, if you didn't know. Uh, he signed with them last year for one year in a three and a half million dollars plus performance bonuses, which I think he's earning uh in the last month he hit 343 with five homers and four steals which has been good for 1.3 war it's like a 166 wrc plus uh and on the season he's at 263 with 18 homers and 12 steals with a nine percent nine and a half percent walk rate you know it's nothing terribly special but for three and a half million that's a pretty good deal it, it's uh, a 119 wrc plus in two and a half war to fan graphs 2.4 to baseball reference so basically two and a half uh i so he's basically been as productive for the Mets as Jamer Callero and Robbie Grossman have been for the Tigers. And he's played 78 games at third, 26 at short, 9 at second. He's been slightly below average defensively, grading out at least uh you know, I think UZR has him as a positive at short or second base and a negative everywhere else and then, you know, uh Statcast outs above average actually has him as a positive at short It's basically average, slightly below average uh and he seems like he's tapping into more power. And I don't know. The whole thing, it just has kind of a Robbie Grossman feel to me. Uh, and and <laughs> like Grossman, he was on the Astros from 2013 to 2015. So uh, he is familiar with A.J. Hinch. And he's a free agent this year. So not that I'm saying, like, hey, Jonathan VR shortstop of the future. But uh, I don't know. For, you know, say they strike out on the other shortstops. Or say they really do believe in Ryan Kreidler as the shortstop of the future. I know people don't want to hear that. He does... You know he's been pretty awesome in AAA so far, though.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, you know, maybe a one-year deal for VR as as a utility infielder, or something like that. Just a moderate improvement across the board uh, would be interesting. I, you know, he's just been he's been pretty good this year. But he is a strange player who's had he's had three years, not including this year, before where he's been a two-war player at least one with three, one with four. But he's also had a couple years where he's a negative war player. So I I don't know. And there were times when I think he was even on the waiver wire and the Tigers didn't add him. So I don't know, but just thought maybe there might be a little hint relationship there. So, you know, mildly good. The bad is the Yankees. What, uh, what in the world happened (laughs) two weeks ago? They had their hottest team in baseball. They had a 13 game winning streak. They were 21 and four at that point in August. And, (laughs) and they were, uh, Within four games of first place, and now I'm checking to see what they're doing tonight. Stopping, York, Kaka, like so they are down four to two right now with the bases loaded and two outs at the top of the eighth. They are on the verge of getting swept by the Blue Jays. They have lost nine of 11, and they've gone from, uh, so they've lost five in a row. They're, they've gone from, uh, they're back in third in the AL East. Boston has passed them. They're 10 games out of uh, first place now. Um, seems like the offense has been a big issue. Third-worst uh, offensive war in the last two weeks. They're batting just two twenty-three as a team, but they're also having real bullpen issues. Um, they've they've In the last two weeks, they have 11 bullpen meltdowns just to just 12 shutdowns. Uh, and if, if people don't know what those are, I'm sure we've mentioned before, but in case you're not refreshed, uh, it's kind of the sabermetric equivalent of saves, if you will, and blown saves. So a, a shutdown... Is when you a reliever comes into the game and improves the team's chances of winning by six percent or more. Mm. And the meltdown is when they come into the game and, and decrease the team's chances of winning by six percent or more. So there's basically one to one so far this year. And and really good relievers are like five to one. I think Josh Hader is at like thirty eight and three this year, shut down to meltdown. Wow. Uh, and most good relievers are at least 3 to 1. If you look at the Tigers like four solid relievers, Soto, Cisnero, Fulmer and Funkhouser, they're all above 3 to 1, close to 4 to 1. So going 1 to 1 is really bad. And uh so yeah, I mean I think that's what's going on with the Yankees and it's kind of hard to, I'm sure, I'm sure the the New York fans are taking things in stride.
1: Oh, definitely. They they're just they're they uh, don't melt down at all. No, they <laughs> they're totally calm and rational people that totally 100 percent if it wasn't for Derek Jeter getting the hall of fame today or this week I think Yankee fans would be uh, the Yankee Twitter and Mets Twitter is some something to be behold ladies and gentlemen you think Tiger's Twitter is strange <laughs> all right and Ooh. what was your yeah well yeah speaking of strange
2: uh that my my ugly is this Hunter Renfro Major League Baseball story I don't know if you guys have seen this where mm. uh uh, I did, there was an article up on FanSided that went up today about Hunter Renfro went on a, a radio show. You know, the Boston the Red Sox have had all sorts of COVID issues lately. Yeah, they've been calling players up, and uh, they, I think Taylor Motter was on the team for like two days, and then they designated him. It's just been kind of bizarre.
1: Taylor Mader—that's like, a name I've heard in a long time.
2: If that's—if that's, uh, if that's uh, maybe I'm incorrect there, but uh,
0: no, you're right. He was there,
2: and, and uh, so Hunter Renfro was on uh, a radio show with uh, old baseball player Lou Roloney and I don't know if it's Christian Fourier or whoever it is, but uh, he, he said, he said MLB basically told us to stop the testing and just treat the symptoms. We're like, no, we're going to figure out what's going on and keep this under control. So Merloni said, MLB asked you to stop testing. And Renfro said, yes. So that, that caused, uh, wow. That caused some real issues. And, and an MLB spokesman uh, told the Boston Globe, he is completely wrong and inaccurate. And then the Red Sox released a statement of, uh, from a spokesman, and this is from quoting that article on Fansighted, that said, uh, we have been following MLB's COVID-19 protocols all season long. We've consulted closely with them on everything we've done and continue to test, and their medical staff has been very supportive. Uh, so, and that's Chris Cotillo. Uh, per, per Chris Cotillo wrote, reported that. Roger, you're familiar with him. So, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a very strange situation. I don't know why Hunter Renfro would lie about that. I wouldn't put it past a baseball player to not be entirely uh, in on everything that's going on. Uh, but yeah. And I also don't know why major league, I, I, I do know why major league baseball would lie about that. <laughs> they don't want it to look like they're being reckless, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of an ugly situation. I, I don't know how much uglier it's going to get there, but it's just been something that's kind of strange to me. It'll be interesting to
0: hear what the next, if there's any more follow up from it. Yeah. I kind of believe he just, you heard one little nugget of information and extrapolated that into. There's a big cover-up going on
2: now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They told us to stop testing and uh, also stop testing for steroids and
1: <laughs> the more sticky stuff. But you never know. Dry, club, dry clubhouses. There you go. All right, you, bro, What is your good and bad ugly this week?
0: Okay, good. I got I got three little things on good. One is the Miggy going seven for seven here. Pretty cool. I, I remember the last Tiger who did it. Uh, if. if as, did anybody hear that though?
2: I thought they said Infante did it.
0: Okay. Well, anytime you're on the same list as Omar Infante, that's pretty good.
2: <laughs> Rare error right there. Hey, but
0: still, 7 uh, for 7 for Let's Hope he uh, keeps this nice hot stretch going. My other one is Max Scherzer since the trade, 5 0, 105 ERA with, as, with, with the Dodgers. Just vintage, Max Scherzer. I don't know if you've watched uh, any innings uh, since he got traded, but. Uh, you know, he, he basically looks the same as he did when he was 29 years old. Uh, just an ageless wonder. Uh, just love watching him. I'll always be a fan of the guy, so that's probably why I'm glo- you know going about it a little bit right now. But uh, there's really no way to exaggerate how good he looks at the moment. Um, then off the beaten path, fin- I'm, people know who know me know I'm fin- of Finnish descent, the Finnish Baseball League. I'm the only person in America who follows this. <laughs> it's, basically the, it's, it, it, it's basically about high school level baseball on these old ratty fields. But I started following it online during quarantine, basically because I had nothing else to do. Um, the temp, the Tempura Tigers, I chose the Tigers obvious for obvious reasons, are in the Finnish Championship Series starting tomorrow. Best of five Tempura Tigers versus the Espoo Expos. So... Tune in and watch that online. You can find that live on Facebook. I know you will.
2: <laughs> now, uh, not to interrupt you, but, but is this is is this Pesapalo, the the no, finish? No, no so this is actual baseball. This is real baseball. Okay.
0: And I actually know one of the umpires, uh, and I don't I know him personally, but I know him from uh, a Facebook umpire chat room. Uh, he, he actually sought me out because he saw my name as a Finnish descent. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about umpiring, and he's actually – going to be working at least two of these games in this series. So kind of fun. Uh, it's, a, you know, they, I follow the, the Finnish national team. They go to the European championships and they get their butts kicked uh, every year. Uh, baseball is just kind of catching on in Finland. Uh, but it's amazing, you know, every, every country over there is represented. And you see some of the pictures. Some of the countries have really nice fields. You know, countries like Estonia and Lithuania and Switzerland. Uh, have beautiful ballparks, so who knew? So um, bad. Uh, my last, you know, as good as it was to go watch the Mud Hens and see the Tigers, hopefully future stars, was to see the depleted roster, uh, Des Moines folks, who are Cubs fans have to watch uh, on that AAA team. I mean, I was talking to a guy in front of me who was a, a a softball coach at Urbandale High School here, and he has season tickets and he sits right by the dugout every game. And uh, he said this is the worst thing he's ever seen. He's really had to drag himself to the ballpark this summer to see a few of those games. Uh, so they they really – there was literally not one person I was interested in watching uh, on that Cubs roster. So that was uh, kind of bad. And then the ugly – I was surprised to hear today that uh, Jack Morris is coming back uh, after 10 games off. Uh, you know, where does that come from? What – you're telling me that this must have been the greatest uh, – training session of all time Uh, he's a new man (laughs) evidently uh to me it's not even a slap on the wrist he basically got a little two-week vacation you know um and again it was just one slip of the tongue but with him you know the track record being what it is i don't know if it's a slip of the tongue i was just i was surprised he got back after 10 games and i don't think that was the greatest decision of all time
1: I agree with you on that, and I, I i was I was surprised. I thought he would honestly be out the rest of the year. Uh, by the oh. way, can you explain to us what this is, Uber? We're watching on the screen right now. Is this finished baseball or is this different? This is Pesapolo.
0: Okay. And it's a pretty fun game. I mean, they're jumping around, and they're spiking the ball, and it's almost like a cross between cricket and baseball. This looks and, a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's some craziness going
1: on. Um, oh, everyone's got their hands up, and...
0: Oh yeah.
1: And yeah. Uh, the
0: crowd goes nuts and it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Um I really don't know the rules. I just know people are taking you know, like the Jeter jump throw. Some people do like a, a jump swing at some balls. <laughs> yeah. And
1: here uh, it is right and now. Look here,
2: the the pitcher is kind of right where the catcher is. Like I, I yeah. did a we did a whole segment on, on Pesapalo.
0: Yeah. It was wow. like
2: my third third episode of uh of Bad Hop Radio. And I learned all about the game, and I was like, this is fascinating. And, like, they run in a weird crooked pattern that's, that's like, uh, yeah. Um, it's It's very interesting, uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of lost track of it since then.
0: And a lot of the Finnish baseball league is made up
2: of former Pesapalo players. And there are weird, like, color flags that they hold up, but, yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's very... Uh, the, ra- the refs on the side, but the, the crowd is... It's a packed crowd here, too. Look at the way the pitch is woof. Oh. That guy was holding, holding the swing. Swing. Yeah, He
0: was thinking it cross-handed. Did you see that?
1: Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, I just wanted to. Okay, just just want to double check what that was. So, not to get too sidetracked, but yeah, I was kind of disappointed with Jack Morris as well because whether what he said or not, it's just to me ten games is. Just, I, Craig Monroe was doing a good job. Dan Petrie was doing fine. Of course, Craig Monroe with Dan Dickerson and Petrie on the TV side of things, but
2: yeah, I mean, I, I you know I don't necessarily have a problem with. I mean, I, I've never liked Jack Morris as an announcer, so I'd rather him not come back because I just don't like him. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with him like serving a punishment and coming back from that. I right. just, I don't understand I don't what. That either. I don't know what the rush is. Like what? Right. Yeah, what? We got to get Morris back in that booth. Our ratings are plummeting. Like, is that possible? <laughs> I can't imagine, but yeah,
1: I don't know. So my good is Jose virios who right, who pitched a game tonight and was watching the Jays and Yankees game earlier before the podcast. And one of the things they mentioned on the Yankees podcast on the broadcast was, is that Morris is, excuse me, Morris. Well, Barrios is pitching with his arms down versus when he goes in his windup. And that's helped him as he was talking about that. It would help him with his release point, stay more on. So when he drives the ball in, so it's made a difference for him as really in the last couple, since he's come over with the Jays, he is streamed to the record, you know, it's more about wins and losses. You're necessarily, He's got forty three strikeouts, so it's got ten per ten k per nine of ten point one eight, and he's got a FIP of three point two two, and he ERA three point seven nine. So he's done exactly what the Jays need him to do, which is pitch pitch down the stretch very well, and they have him for another year next year. So that bodes well for Toronto next year. The bad is also Toronto too because they're one their game and a half of the American League's final wild card spot. With 24 games left to play, because the Jays have to, and it could, and this is off, I got this article, that's information based off, uh, from 5th, 3rd, eighth uh, forecast model. They have to they give the Jays a 46% probability probability of making the playoffs because they have to beat, they have to leave for the Yankees or the Red Sox while also worrying about the A's and the Mariners, which still blows my mind. And the Mariners, I mean, the A's this week got really good. Sean, um, is it Manaya? Manaya, nine strikeouts. It was clutch against the White Sox. Just made the White Sox look foolish earlier. And it's just going you know, to feel bad for the Jays. I mean, they're a fun team to watch. They're a really good, fun team. I like, I like watching the Jays have really young, young talent core. And again, kind of hose a little bit. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, it, well, I was just looking at the, uh, if they, yeah, if they win tonight, they're only a half game out. Um, Behind the, the Yankees, they, there's two men on and nobody out right now. Last I checked, but right. I, I, you know, I, I'm sure everybody else has thought about this all year long. But I just kind of occurred to me like, oh, they're they're doing this despite playing in three different home parks
1: this year. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's kind of remarkable that's to think, about. Too, like, I, I didn't even think like, about. I didn't even think about that. There was a, what, they play in Dunedin and Buffalo, yeah, they, they, yeah, and now
2: they're up in Toronto. So they've, I mean, they've it's been a peripatetic season for the Blue Jays. <laughs> And uh, for them to turn it on now would be kind of cool. And, and, you know, I'm sure whenever there's a team, a young team like that coming up and and, and like, you'd like to see them make progress and make the playoffs and stuff. And then once they have that, then you can, you know, root for failure. So (laughs) after, after the Jays make it squeak in this year, then in the future, you can be like, yeah, no, no more for you. But uh, for now, yeah, I'd like to see them get in there.
0: You know, if if they get in a wild card game and they can, uh, Finagle their rotation to get Robbie Ray starting that game. That I, guy I, has been money this year. I mean, he has been grinding out start after start after start with uh, quality start, ten strikeouts or more. I mean, he's just been a machine. I don't know anybody who saw that coming. Um, so yeah. if he gets to start that game. They're going to be a tough out.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a sneaky, scary rotation with with Manoa and Varios and Ryu. Uh, like, yeah, and, and Ray that. There's a talented team right there. It's just,
1: uh, they just got to get in.
2: Got to get over the hump.
1: I think they will. I think they can overcome this right now. I really think their chances are getting better. And my ugly is former Tiger Delman Young, who was arrested on Monday night on domestic oh. violence and other charges oh. in Florida. Did you guys hear about this at all? I missed that, and oh. it sucks. Yeah. yeah. The incident occurred in Davie, Florida, involved him and his woman claiming to be his, uh, the former outfielder's ex-girlfriend, according to TMZ Sports, the woman said that Young began to bang on a door late Monday night. When she demanded he stop, he allegedly punched her in the chest and shoved her to the ground as she tried to run away. The police said Ooh. the police said their, their surveillance footage showed Young striking a woman and sped off his car and drove through a stop sign while driving 90 in a 45 mile an hour zone. So the woman called 911. Alleged Young was trying to kill quote try to kill her according to TMZ Sports. She also claimed that he had she had blood all over her and the young punched her in the face. So uh, that if you're wondering what outside of Australian baseball is going on, with me young, well, there you go. So pretty ugly.
2: That's yeah. I mean, he just seems like not a good dude. I mean, we, we knew that when he assaulted that person in New York and, and it you sucks, the, you
0: know, you threw the bat at the umpire that time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that was, I mean, such a, such a talented kid and uh, he lacked discipline on and off the field and, and, here you go. You know, he's first overall pick ends up with less than four career war. And now he's out here. You know, I, I hope uh, he's dealt with in the justice system and, and you know, yeah. doesn't get any benefit from being a former player, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah. We talked about the Phillies earlier. Here's a fun number for you. The Ian Kennedy allowed five home runs at 32 and one-thirds innings with the Rangers. He's allowed six. In thirteen point two thirds innings with the Phillies, there's that—that's that, that, yeah. that Dombrowski bullpen magic. Yeah, more like voodoo if you think about it. <laughs> I do You have any
2: questions this week, Chris? I don't think we did. I didn't. I just. It, I didn't even know if anybody was watching this week.
1: Yeah, we got people. We got people watching. We have all our,
2: right. Say so uh, stream here. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I'm, I, it would show me before when I was logged in. I'm not logged in now. So I don't, I don't see that. But, uh, I mean,
1: we haven't got any questions either. I think, but also you got to think about it this way. Tonight's the opening night of NFL football. Yeah. Which people, I mean, I mean like, NFL's king. Uh, let's not face ourselves here. I mean, who's yeah. uh, Tampa and who's playing Tampa and, um, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas and Tampa. Of course, right. everybody around here recognizes that the Lions kick off the season on Sunday. So there you go. But if you have any, i haven't be any questions this today, so yeah, it's fine. Man. Yeah. And the Tigers take on the Rays this weekend starting tomorrow. And yeah, we'll be out there checking that out. And um couldn't think of anything else. I think that's it for this it. This you, you said you're
2: heading heading out to another game on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, right?
0: It's supposed to be ninety five degrees here on Saturday, so that should be ah. fun. Ooh. Um always the the first two innings at these Iowa Cubs games are uh, if it's a sunny day, are very hard for offense uh there's a huge glare uh early yeah. game that goes away
2: they were saying on the broadcast uh and, and i was enjoying the mlb in my lbt broadcast it was i think steve uh it's not steve cohen steve cohen's the mets owner there's a cohen guy and and uh <laughs> healthy running backs <laughs> for the ravens you know Hi. michael
1: i are the ravens do the ravens have the dave Zembrowski voodoo magic on them was it the they got Levat or they got uh, Bell going. So, I mean, if you, you picked him up late in waiver wires, which is why I haven't done highlights in the last couple of days, cause I've been doing fancy drafts admittedly. Uh, so, uh, oh, really? I feel, yeah.
2: I feel like the Ravens have a pretty good running quarterback, but I, I, yeah. what do I know? Um, but it probably helps to have a running back to take some of the. Uh, but but as I was saying, yeah, they, they said there's no batter's eye in Iowa, and right. you could see, you see the state capitol. Dome, which is like gold, yeah. Uh, as all state capitals must be, apparently, uh and so you can see that right in center field. So, yeah that that that's one of those things, like just another thing you don't ever really think about when you look at minor league stats, like what these players are actually seeing. It's well, a ball it's- ball coming out of the state capitol.
0: Yeah, you know, even for they've never seen any of these pitchers before. These are all brand new guys, you know. So you're kind of winging it for a couple yeah. of them, always.
2: Yeah, and the guy they got tonight was was owning them. Last I checked. uh I think I told you. Yeah, it's it's five nothing. Torkelson just grounded out. Riley Green, what did he do? Riley Green doubled on a line drive to left fielder. So I mean, Green you know, and Torker both one for four with two strikeouts and a double. Yeah, really West
1: works. Michigan's West Michigan's playing a Great Lakes team who, by the way, is still stacked. Great Lakes all year. The loons have been stacked. It's yeah. Any Bejas is still there. he has got twenty five home runs or twenty six home runs? They're an offensive juggernaut and it's just it's mind-blowing, but Michael, you're absolutely right. If you had told me that Tyrod Taylor would be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans coming out of this preseason, I would have told you you were high, and that's what's going on right now, but because Deshaun Watson likes to air pump people or whatever the hell's going on over there and air pump thrusting and anyway. Oh, yeah. It turns out that there might not be good people in every
2: discipline. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I'm I looking, You know, I I basically quit the NFL after 2018, and I know nothing about the the league anymore.
1: i I you know outside the headlines, honestly. The the more I delved in the baseball, the more I could care less about that. The fo- football, I have to say. I mean, I have a Detroit Lions poster that my neighbor gave me, and my you know somewhere we're gonna put it up. I don't know where, but I mean, if you if you case you notice my office, my studio, how much football going on in here. So that's, it, I, it, I, I mean, again, it. pardon me.
0: I'll follow the Packers after the World Series, and I've been to Lambeau Field like thirty-four times in my life, you know. But I used to have really good connections on tickets, but um, I've kind of fallen out of football a little bit too. Once the World Series is done, if the Packers are in it, I'll pay some attention. But that's, that's about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been to uh, I've been to Kinnick when I saw Michigan play, and that's a that's a great venue for a football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, college football is something I'm getting back into slowly but surely, but we'll see what I happens. May, I, mean, you know, I I'm may going be in Ann Arbor. It, you say what? I may be in Ann Arbor on Saturday night. We'll see. Oh, really? I'm going to. I'm. Going to speak. I'm going to South Bend for the Notre Dame Toledo game on Saturday because a buddy of mine is a Toledo alum, and I've always wanted to check out a game at Notre Dame. Always have, yeah. despite my hatred for that school, <laughs> because Notre Dame fans will let you know they're Notre Dame fans, and they went there. And they're not afraid to tell you about it. They're it's actually not, the not any different than Michigan. This is true. This is Good. true. I no, mean, when Arbor, I was in college in Michigan, I... Uh, well, you know, even like I went to U of M Dearborn, and they'll be like, whoa, you didn't go to Ann Arbor. Well, I mean, uh, I, if I'm looking at my degree, which is right above me right now, it has University of Michigan from Sue Mary Sue Coleman. So kiss my ass. Well, uh, okay. also...
2: The older you get, the more you realize that you could go to whatever college you want if you it give them matter. enough money. Yeah. And give them enough money, and they're like, "Sure, yeah. here's your Harvard diploma."
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you go to the University Agreed. of Phoenix, you know, <laughs> or <Yeah. laughs> or Grand Canyon University, whatever school that hey, they got a good baseball team. Yeah, there you go. And they also have really a pr- good online presence, apparently. So, or what's the other one? That's a New, Ham- uh, New Hampshire, South, South New online. Hampshire, which I see online. Yeah. yeah. So whatever yeah. school you go from, it doesn't you know it's just, it's funny just how stat how much status that clout that brings. But anyway, I think we're done for the evening. So thanks so much for listening. If you watch watch us on YouTube and Facebook, thank you so much for participating, sending questions. Of course, we're Vango, Michael Michael Mayer. I was waiting for him. I, I wasn't. I I didn't hear from him this evening. I'm like, oh, maybe Michael's watching football, and then I'm like realizing, that I don't know. I was like, no, he's a Ravens fan, so you wouldn't give a crap about the you know, Tom Brady and the, uh wow, Tampa Bay. I just threw a blank there. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, football, until now, it's like my brother, uh, my younger brother's been giving me fantasy football advice. If it wasn't for him and my friend, um, my, my friend Larry, I would have been screwed. And you know what, Michael? You're absolutely right. Eastern, though. Eastern's kind of a concrete slab, right? Right, Nielsen. Yeah, right, so,
2: Yeah, you know, I haven't been there, and... In- I don't know, 25 years. It's funny. I grew up in the shadow of Eastern Michigan. I'm sure I've told this before, but like, I didn't understand that people were Michigan state fans. When I was growing up, it was either Michigan or Eastern Michigan fans. I was in like the one square block where you actually had Eastern Michigan fans. My, my best friends back then, their dad was the sports information director for EMU. So we would get into the football games for free. And it was like the greatest experience for me. Cause we'd be up in the press box, eating all the big sandwiches and like, uh, and back cheer then, the you Hur- know, cheer
1: on the Hurons.
2: Yeah, and and yeah, back then the Hurons they had good basketball teams in the eighties. Oh, yeah. yeah, they,
1: they had and, um, Earl Bo- or who was before Earl. It was Boykins. it
2: was before Boykins. They had the the Carl and Charles Thomas. Yes, they that's, right. Thomas. Yeah, that's right. Carl Thomas, yeah, Lorenzo Neely, I think his name was. Yeah, and then they had, uh, and then yeah, a couple of years later it was Earl Boykins and Derek Dial. They were good teams. But back then it was funny. It's just like my early sports experiences are so different than now. They uh, at, at the first basket of every Eastern Michigan game. The fans in the student section would throw rolls of toilet paper onto the field every time, on the field, onto the onto the court, and it was just expected. As soon as they scored a basket, out come the toilet paper. They pause the game, they pick it up, and they continue. <laughs> and uh, now you'd get uh, like arrested for doing that. So,
1: yeah, they had those old, uh, they had the green uniform, those really green, green and white uniforms, it's kind of they look like very similar to Michigan State. But uh, yeah, it's. We do, there's a lot of, I mean, Michigan on a on a Saturday is ideal. It's a, such a great atmosphere for a football game, and same thing with Michigan State. So I've been to a couple of games in Michigan State, and that's I still have to go to Western. That's my next go, like bucket list: Western golf game in Kalamazoo, or Central Michigan. Those on my list. So
0: oh no, you got to get up to Michigan Tech.
1: At you some need. point, I would like to see a Huskies game. I've been, <laughs> you probably did when I went to the UP for when I did broadcasting a couple of years ago. I did go to a Michigan Tech hockey game. Mm-hmm. that oh, was right. awesome that was awesome the band with the the stripes and their yep. the, all those outfits they're wearing yeah they really get up for I, chris i'm telling you it was one of those experiences where it was better than a, like a pro hockey game like it was packed people were just cheering on and they're yep. playing they're playing northern michigan so it was a rivalry game mm-hmm. and it was like the but that band what just stood out to me was just that uniform they're wearing the band with the stripes and just the coveralls, ooh, ooh, the drum the coveralls. Thank you, coveralls. I have not want to think of that. <laughs> the coveralls stand out. I mean, you you can't miss them. They're from a mile away. You're like, wow. And, it's like, and they, they put, really put on beautiful. a
0: show. They put on a show themselves. Even in years where they had bad hockey teams, the the band was worth being there.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely, Youper. You're you're dead on about that. And that I love marching band. I never played. I'm tone deaf as it come, but I have appreciation for that because it's so cool. The coordination of everything and. I'm uncoordinated. Oh, yeah. I like, trip and fall over myself all the time. And, and sh-
2: shout out to Titus Tiger for putting out some sort of weird animated gif of us banging drums.
1: It's <laughs> 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 very odd to me. Tiger <laughs> rules. That guy rules. Or yeah. person. But where it's where it's
0: really? Football stadiums get up to Northern Michigan. They have the Superior Dome. And it's oh made, yeah, that's it's the only dome stadium made out of wood. Really? World? I think anywhere. Wow. And it's, it's a beautiful building. It's a like market. The, 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 main
2: streak.
1: <laughs> they have the state championships are, don't they for the up usually uber oh yeah they, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, before they head down
0: state for more games yeah like the that. superior
1: yeah that that's a that's an intimidating place very intimidating place from my understanding so thanks so much for rambling on with us as we were talking about northern michigan and all these football stadiums thanks again for everybody participating we'll back next week we'll be announcing a winner on twitter so go to our twitter tigers ml report well that's for the minor league account but if you want to go follow us on twitter tigers radio pod of course you can follow us on motorcy at mcb underscore tigers go to our website motorcitybangles.com. check out our great talent great content danielle is posting a story tomorrow which i still have to edit but nonetheless have a great weekend everybody we'll talk to you soon